Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. First of all, what's Danny DeVito's email address? The penguin. <laughs> DeVito the, real, at- the real penguin. Yeah. Real, real penguin. Real penguin. <laughs> real penguin, nine, 1999. Yeah. Danny DeVito won. Like. <laughs> Man of the year. Man of the year. Man of the year. Welcome to the number one friendship podcast in the country. I'm Aaron Cairo. I'm Matt Ritter. Aaron, I don't do this often, but I owe you a bit of an apology. You don't do it often enough. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I don't want to do it at all. Mm. With that attitude, maybe I won't even apologize. I can't even imagine what this is about. You know what? I was thinking about, we're doing a friendship podcast and you know we're good friends. We have a great friend group, long history, and that comes with a lot of ribbing. Okay. You know, I just feel like as you get older, sometimes that line between like ribbing and like (laughs) being a little hurtful, it's like, it's hard to tell where it is. And so I feel like recently you had a big moment that you were sharing with your friend group and I kind of like salted your moment. Okay. (laughs) So the fact that I don't even know what you're talking about means that you're probably apologizing unnecessarily, but let's. Okay. But I wanted to do it it anyway, because I want to, I want to practice what I preach. So you had a script you were excited about. Uh-huh. And you texted our friend group and the text was very exciting. This is not like name dropping, but yeah. I do want to use it for reference to what I did. Yeah. You said Schwarzenegger read your script oh, yeah. and loved it. Waiting to see next steps. Insane. And do you remember what my response was? I know. I don't remember. Catherine or Arnold. Huh? Catherine or Arnold. I don't get it. I was making a joke like, oh, is it his daughter or actually oh, Arnold? Oh, yeah. Wow, that was mean. Yeah, that was mean. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally mean and totally uncalled for. And you didn't even get it? Huh. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger read my script and you just untook my legs out. Yeah. Wait, did I respond in the text thread? No, but I rose you, above. offline, you were like, wow, that was, uh, that was weak. This is like a month ago and I've been feeling bad about it. Did I really say something to you offline? Yeah. Oh, wow. What did, first of all, you're forgiven. Apology yeah. accepted and yeah. thank you. By the way, never too late to apologize. Good so, tip. I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, we rib because we love. But at the same time, I was thinking about what we talk about on our podcast, which is like, we also want to let people be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so that was a genuine moment. And I kind of, that was kind of a scummy well, like, I think, response. <clears throat> I think also because we always talk about since we're the only two in the friend group in the business. Yeah. That we need to look out for each other. Yeah. Like sometimes our really great friends who aren't in the biz, who are in the biz, have zero enthusiasm <laughs> for anything we do. Well, we'll try to give us constructive criticism. Oh. And I'm like, guys, yeah, we, we you're not good yeah. at this. Yeah, you're not. Say nothing. Yeah, say nothing. Say less. Say less. You're right. Yeah, especially as your ally in this biz, I should know how exciting that moment is. Yeah. And instead of being like, dude, unbelievable, I go, Catherine? <laughs> <laughs> I guess for some reason in my head, I was thinking Catherine with a C. I'm like, no, Catherine Schwarzenegger has a K. So I didn't even get, like, Catherine O'Hara, what were you yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Apology accepted. But, but yeah, by the way, I wasn't even being vulnerable. 
in that moment. No, but I do think you wanted, I mean, who doesn't want people to be excited for them? Yeah. I'm yeah. saying like, that's, that's how we like put up walls. When you, when people do that to you, when you're like looking for a positive response and people needle you instead, because look, our friendship is filled with it, needling each other. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's like the default for a lot of guys. And I think as you get older, you want a little less of that in certain moments. I was just going to say like male friendships are built on needling. Totally. Totally. And so I was thinking about that for our audience because I'm sure most of our listeners have a friend group and like a lot of it is that needling and it's fun and that's that that like makes you feel closer. But then there are those moments where you just want somebody to express joy for you. And it's just like, Haha, you know. <laughs> Do you think that one of the reasons guys this is this is going to be a generalization. Yeah. One of the reasons guys are often not as vulnerable as they could or should be is because they are being af- they're afraid of their buddies making fun of them. Yes. I'm saying I think that we've built up this call and response system now, yeah. which is like you say something, people needle you. And then when you want to say something, you're expecting the needling reactions. Now you're like, oh, I won't even, I don't even want to say this because I already know where they're going to go and it's going to make me feel bad. So just shut down. So how do we get guys to be vulnerable? Right. So I think it's an awareness Mm. of how you really actually want things to be received by your friends. It's like, do as I say, but I think having an awareness of like, how would you really want people to respond when you're saying that you got a new job? How, how do you, you're saying you would think to yourself before you tell people, how do you want them to respond? Yeah, I'm saying if you're going to respond to some of your friends, think about oh, it. Oh, you mean flip the it. response? Yeah, the response. flip it. Flip it. Go, right. look. How would I want my friends to respond when I got a new job? Okay, got it. I don't want needling then, right? So I right. think you got to start thinking about like having a little more um, awareness for moments. So what you're describing is modeling behavior. Modeling. So somebody else is vulnerable to you. You respond in a certain moment, not with needling, but with, hey, man, great. Awesome. Incredible. And I'll tell you why, because there's plenty of time for needle. Oh, yeah. There's never a shortage of things that you could make fun of me or you or any of our friends for. I would also say context matters. Yeah. Is the group thread, I mean, is it better to needle on a side chat or needle in the group thread? I mean, the group thread is where you get the affirmation for a good needling. Right. Right. I mean, that's where you get the. It's uh, also you get the affirmation for a job well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying when you're asking for something in the group thread that should elicit a positive response, like you can needle, but like, I think you just have to think about like when you send those things out that you actually care about, do you really want everybody needling you or don't you want a little bit of love? Okay. So I have a note for your response. Okay. So I say Schwarzenegger just read my script. I'm so excited. This is, this is, this is wild. And you're like, dude, that's incredible. Love, uh, uh, God, what was Twins. No, Jamie Lee Curtis. What's that movie? Uh, uh, with Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Oh, True, true Lies. Li- love True Lies. I'm a huge fan. Like, that's incredible. Like, good luck. Wait, you met Arnold, right? Not <laughs> Catherine? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I was just thinking about, like, as I get older, too. And I, I think I dish it and I give it out a yeah. lot. But then I'm just like, sometimes, you know, I think our whole generation, their default is sarcasm. Our generation talking about like millennial gen zennials or whatever we call ourselves. Is that what we're calling ourselves? Well, well I'm half, we're halfway between Gen X and Yeah, that's an open question of what we are. Okay. Well, we've gone through this already. Yeah. Theo is an old, old Gen Z. Yeah. 
our rea- well, because like, isn't reality? Isn't it about? Didn't we invent sarcasm? Yeah, we invented sarcasm. Yeah. And now we're stuck in it. We're stuck with our Frankenstein creation, sarcasm. Mm, why is it a Frankenstein creation? Because it's out of control. Sometimes you're just like you talk to these people who only oh, speak yeah. in sarcasm. You know these yeah. people. You're like, dude, you're 43. Right. Can't you just shut off for two seconds? I asked you about your job. And it's like, you're just spitting out some like ridiculous sarcasm towards me. Can I uh, close this by saying what happened with the script? Yeah. I mean, I guess so, right? Yeah. So I wrote this buddy comedy. Arnold Schwarzenegger read it, loved it. And he goes, I'm going to send this to Danny DeVito to be the other guy, which was insane. I think that was the best part of it. Yeah. So he composed, I mean- now I'm just conjecturing what happened. He sent an email to Danny DeVito. Think First all the emails. I think, I mean, he was the governor. I think he yeah, probably, he probably emails. Well, I think, think he dictates. I, think, I bet he dictates. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I bet he's sitting at his kitchen table with his goats. You know, he's got those goats. He has goats? Yeah, he's got goats. He's got pet goats. That's like a big Instagram. In thing. the house? Yeah. In the house? Yeah, he's got a donkey. He's got a goat. Shut up. Yeah, he's got donkeys. In the house? Yeah. Well, maybe they're not always in the house. I love how I asked him seven times. <laughs> yeah. Are like, they sometimes in the house? Yeah, they're like in the house. He like feeds them. They're like hanging out at his kitchen table, donkeys and goats. He's like a, an interesting character. Okay. So he's probably, uh, um, what's it called? Dictating it. First of all, what's Danny DeVito's email address? The penguin. <laughs> DeVito. The real, the real penguin. Yeah. Real, real penguin. Real penguin. <laughs> real penguin, 1999. Yeah. Danny DeVito won. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, said, hey, got this script, loved it. What do you think? And he goes, who's Aaron Caro? Well, that and then was he goes, a, well, he was in room, he did ruminations. He, ruminations, he did ruminations <laughs> college life. And then, uh, and then uh, DeVito didn't like the script and Arnold passed. So there you go. That's, I think Catherine loved it though. That's, oh, Catherine, I'm sure. Catherine loved it. loved it. But that's, uh, that was the end of the story. DeVito didn't like it. And then Schwarzenegger was like, well, then I don't like it either. Yeah. So now actually I feel okay about ribbing you. Now you can rib me. Now you can rib me. At the time I was like, sure, I'm going to be the, you know, I'm going to be, I don't know if this movie's not going to win any awards, but I'm going to be the Critics' Choice Awards. Yeah. Yeah. Should we, uh, should we talk about our guest? Yeah. You know, this is why I actually wanted to bring that up because vulnerability is a topic that, you know, men never really talk about. And this was, you know, when we were thinking about who we want on the podcast, we wanted somebody who could really address the issue of men not being vulnerable and closed off and just the way we've been for millennia. So we got our first guest. Uh, it's Justin Baldoni. Yeah. Uh, Justin is the man. He is an actor, director, producer, activist, entrepreneur. Uh, many of our female listeners will know him as one of the stars of Jane the Virgin. He's got great abs. Great abs. Uh, he's the host of the man, uh, I almost said our own podcast, He's the host of the Man Enough podcast, which we will be going on soon. Very excited about that. He's the author of Man Enough, Undefining My Masculinity. And his new book, which is out now, which is what um, you guys should all go out and get for your kids. It's called Boys Will Be Human. I just bought it. I'm going to read it for my new baby. Amazing. Here. It's for middle school and high school boys. It's a New York Times bestseller. You, you know, know something who, about that? I was going to say, you know who else is a New York Times bestseller? This guy. Uh, and we had an incredible conversation. The guy is awesome. He's doing great work. You guys are going to love it. So let's hit our Justin Baldoni interview. Justin, thank you so much uh, for doing the pod. We're really excited to have you. Um, uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you, really were one of the, you were one of the first people that we wanted to get because, you know, we're in this male space and, um, you know, we're doing a podcast about male friendship and it was just like, oh, there are, there are not that many people talking about this, but you are 
vocally, you know, out there speaking about this, an, an issue that really matters. So we're really excited to get into that. I appreciate it. How long have you guys been friends? Uh, so we've been friends in second grade. Um, don't want to date ourselves, but that's about 35 years ago. Uh, and, uh, we actually have the same group of best friends since about fourth or fifth grade. Um, that's pretty much the, the gist of the podcast that uh, every year on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, the, uh, the nine of us all have dinner at Peter Luger's in Brooklyn and we vote on which friend had the best year and they win our giant man of the year trophy and get their name engraved on it. First of all, I just want to say, I really appreciate and respect um, the effort you guys are putting in and wanting to uh, make content that appreciates and highlights male friendships. I think that's important. Appreciate that. My crew, man, it, you know, I have such an interesting relationship with friends. You know, you're catching me on a unique day, uh, as we talked about. So today's, today's my birthday. Happy birthday. And, Happy birthday, buddy. Thanks. Thank you, man. And, and I only bring that up because for years, my birthday was a really emotional time for me. I remember being in relationships. Uh, I was in a four-year relationship and I had these amazing friends. And then by the end of this four-year relationship, I had very clearly chosen her and abandoned the friendships. And a birthday came along and like nobody called. <laughs> you know, I was like 23 or 24 years old and it just gutted me. So ever since then, I've really made an effort uh, first of all, to to never let a relationship get in the way of friendships, um, but also to just really nurture and build and create meaningful, long-lasting friendships. And where I'm today is like, I really am grateful for this group of friends that I have. And I've noticed it's gotten smaller over the years versus bigger. And that, I don't know if you both are married with kids. I'm married. I've got my first in two months on the way. Oh, congratulations, man. So I can tell you that as you get married, um, as you start to have kids, your circle has to, by nature, get smaller. And it might not be what you guys want to hear, but at some point, you have to start to make choices with the time that you have. But I think it's so important that men have these friendships. You know, there's, a, there's been a lot of recent data and surveys and, and um, uh, various studies, uh, again, not scientifically, suggesting that men are, men are down to, like, not even having one really close friend. Yeah. You know, you hit on so many things that we talked about in the pod, but you know, one thing that we were talking about, because uh, when the New York Times interviewed us, they asked, you know, why do we think this is? And I said, I think one of the things is men, um, you know, sort of the the role that we were being given is like, oh, you have to succeed. You've got to kick ass at your job. And, you know, then you have to set up this this home life and, you know, get married and buy a house and all these things. And the definition of success that we've been given does not include healthy friendships. And I think a woman's version of success I think it does include that sort of the way it that relies we, on it. Yeah, it relies on it. ours is, is not only doesn't rely on it. We've been told that's not in it. Early on in my work with men, um, a friend of mine told me, Michael Kimball, um, told me that the greatest myth of masculinity is that we have to do it alone. We are social creatures. Um, you can't tell me that that women are more social than men biologically. No, no, no. We've been socialized to believe that we need to be the lone wolf and women have been socialized to be in community with each other. I believe in response to a lot of the harm inflicted on them by men. That's this whole thing is this mirage that's like selling us this idea of like a greater, happier, more successful life. And it all has to do with productivity, protection, 
and having that equate our, to our value. I don't know anybody who at the end of their lives would say, oh man, I wish I would have spent more time at work and less with my friends. I will say that uh, after a long week of spending every minute with Matt, I go, you know, I could spend less time with him. Like, I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be fine with that. That's how my best friends feel about me too. Here's the thing. I, I, I started working with my best friend. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. So literally, so, so my best friend, Jamie, um, I, he's one of my three best friends. He's on the podcast with me. He's my co-host on the podcast. And he's literally the president of my company. And, and half the time he calls me, it's not about friendship anymore. It's about work. And I'm like, dude, stop calling me. He's like, you know, you love hearing my voice. And I'm like, you know what I do? I'm really actually appreciative even when he calls me about work because I get to talk to one of my best friends all day. It's so funny. We were talking about how we call each other so much now that we're working together. And now we've like, we've dropped the like, how are you sometimes? I prefer it. I, pr I don't need pleasantries anymore. Just tell me what you need. Um, but, uh, it's funny too, because, uh, at the end of every one of our podcasts, Matt and I say, uh, I love you, buddy. Um, which, uh, some of our listeners have reached out. They're like, oh, that's our favorite part, which kind of mm. offended their favorite part is the end. Um, <laughs> well, but, first of all, congratulations. If like you're happy people listen to the end, which that's is very true. rare in this attention economy, like, <laughs> nobody's so you won at that point, you've already won. That's very true. Um, but we've also had other listeners who are like, men, obviously, who are like, yeah, I don't really like tell my buddies I love you. Like, that's just like not how we were raised to, to do it. So one thing that, that Matt and I have come up with as a tip or a hack is to start with thank you. You know, guys can say, hey, thanks, buddy. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for coming out. And we've been saying that thanks is a gateway emotion. Um. And uh, we're just curious, kind of, because you're obviously very deep in this, any other sort of tips to try to get our fellow men to be more vulnerable with each other? Um, first of all, I think that's, I think that's genius. The idea that uh, thanks is a gateway emotion. I think that's fantastic. Um, yeah, gratitude in general is a gateway emotion. Um, and really, if you think about, I love you. Um, you're you're essentially expressing gratitude for that person and what they bring to your life and as men we're not conditioned to do that with other men um mostly because we've associated that specific social behavior with the feminine right and what are we raised to think the feminine is weak anything that is not masculine is weak or gay so growing up, uh, at the time when we grew up, there was nothing worse than being called a girl or gay. And this is a really important thing for us men to think about. The language that we've been using our entire lives has been programmed into us. So when a social behavior that's really as simple as expressing one's care and love for another human being, let's forget about the gender. When we brush up against that, and it's hard, we have to, I believe, start to ask ourselves why. It's amazing to start to say, okay, great, here's something that you can do. Say thank you. Say thanks, man. Uh, practice, you know, start off by like giving them a hug or start with a bro hug. <laughs> I mean, the bro hug is fascinating. Have you ever thought about the bro hug? The bro hug is this. Everyone knows you gotta slap hands and you bring the other person in and you put one arm around the other guy, right? Look at what I'm doing right now. For anyone who's who, who's not watching this, 
where is my hand and my arm? It's on your heart. It's over, it's over my heart. It's protecting. It's creating a barrier between me and the other man. It's literally protecting my heart. I'm creating a barrier so, so I'm, I'm limiting intimacy. We don't hug women that way. Why do we hug men that way? That's that shit that we got to go in and, and, and start to ask these questions and reconstruct and unlearn and be like, oh, wait. Oh, there's some, there's some stuff there I got to unpack. So we ask ourselves why. In my book, I talk about the why ladder. Ask why three times. Um, I think it's really important to uh, practice what I call the cold plunge of connection. Right, cold plunging is becoming super cool. It's a fad. Everybody's doing it. Biohackers. There's tons of benefits scientifically. Men are doing it now because we know that there is data suggesting that it's helpful. Right? It boosts everything from dopamine to serotonin to to you name it. Right? It's also got a lot of health benefits. Well, we need to practice that same cold plunge emotionally, and the way that we do that is, let's say I'm struggling with something. Let's say I have one friend or three friends. Maybe I haven't, I haven't um, nurtured that friendship in a way that is, is, uh, is safe enough to where I could call that person and say, hey man, I'm struggling. Well, if you find yourself in a situation where you feel an impulse, what I ask men to do is go into that impulse and jump into the cold plunge, reach out to that person, Send a text, even if you can't call, and just say, hey, I'm struggling with something. Have you ever dealt with this? Anything that we can do to get in that cold plunge, because what do we know about cold plunging? It's the hardest before you get in. It's the resistance that we are met with before we jump in that cold water that we must overcome. And then when we overcome it, when we get in that water, we can stay, we can breathe, we can relax, and then we get out, and you're freaking high. The same thing happens in personal and interpersonal relationships, yeah. especially with other men. You know, Justin, I was one of those people I couldn't say I love you. We talked about this in the pod. It's a new phenomenon for me. You know, I just had a shell around me. Therapy really helped. You know, obviously my relationship helped. But I, I was talking about it with Aaron. Even to this day, I still have a sort of block when I want to say it. Something internally is like, don't say it. And I have to consciously swat that away to say I love you to somebody. That's amazing, though, man. That's amazing. The fact that you're aware of the block yeah. is so important. I always tell men, it's like, it's the first step is awareness. I mean, it's if anybody who's done the program also understands, like that first step is so important. But I, but what I read about in, um, and I just wrote a book for boys called Boys Will Be Human, that thing that you just described, I, uh, I talk about it as, I, as, as I'm in relationship with my parents. And sometimes when I'm with my parents, I feel this, um, this invisible barrier is really what it is. And it, it, it's almost as if uh, you're in a castle, you know, and those gates that come down. <laughs> and the, what do they do? The, those things that come down, they're meant to protect you from oncoming attacks. It's armor. Right? Those huge big gates, close the gates, right? That's that same thing. That's the thing that you're experiencing. That's the thing that so many of us men experience on a daily basis. Why? Because at some point in our life, we said, I love you. We said the thing. 
we hugged the person, we did the thing, we danced funny, we, we laughed without caring about how our laugh sounded. We moved in the way we wanted to move. And then we got a response from somebody else that shamed us for being who we were, for being free, for being open. And that stayed in our brains. And somewhere deep down in our subconscious, that little trauma created the guard gate. And we have to be man enough to keep the guard gate open. I, I, I like how you, you flip that too. I, I like the idea of, you know, I think you can reach people by saying, you know, it's being man enough to do this. It's not weakness at all. It's the opposite. Yeah. So selfishly, I really wanted you on the podcast. I'm having a son in two months. Mm. Your latest book, Boys Will Be Human, is, is seeking to put boys on a healthy path. And I'm about to become a new dad and I'm actually scared. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've got a lot of fears about it. Um, I think that's very normal, you know, but some of my fears are, uh, you know, about the things that happened to me in my childhood, you know, the, the things that I don't like about my own choices as a child growing up and, you know, all the way through my life or, and some of the things that kind of happened to me and the male friendship dynamic or some of the things you're talking about bullying, et cetera, you know, and like, I just have all these fears that range from like, I hope my son doesn't get bullied. I hope he treats women well. But then on the flip side, I'm like, but I also want, I still have that. I'm like, I, I want him to be tough. You know what I mean? What I would say to, to you and to any man raising a young boy is that you have to have balance. We and most young men were not raised with balance. We were raised to be strong or to be tough or to, or to deal with um, the things that the world is going to throw at us. And all the emotional parts that are, that are the, uh, the other wing, if you will, of that bird were kind of left out and given to our siblings who were girls or just to girls in general. Our moms generally tried to instill those values in us and our dads instilled the others. But of course, we model masculinity from looking at men and those parts win. And also, the second you get to school, it becomes very clear, right? It's like... <laughs> You're going to survive or you're not going to survive. And, you know, it's survival of the fittest at school. And school programs you to root out anything that looks feminine in a boy. What I believe that us men should be doing is, first of all, is modeling what healthy masculinity looks like. And you can be strong and sensitive. Some of the toughest guys I know physically also have huge hearts, bleeding hearts, Cry in movies. The more masculine you are, I believe, the more in touch with your masculinity, the more you can be physically dangerous and emotionally sensitive. They're not exclusive. And that's so important for this next generation of young boys. So when you feel emotions, Matt, after you have that boy and he's growing up, you feel happy or you feel sad or you feel like you want to cry, cry. Show him his model of masculinity. That daddy has pain, that daddy has emotions, that daddy's got feelings. Show him when you're sad. Talk to him about the things that come up for you in a vulnerable way when they come up. Bring him in so that one day you don't have to fall from grace and fall from like being this impermeable, superhero, impossible standard of masculinity. Because one day you will. Because one day he's going to grow up and he's going to see, oh, wait, dad was faking it. <laughs> 
He didn't have all his shit together. But what if it was okay that you didn't have your shit together? Because that's human. I try to cry whenever I'm feeling like it. Sometimes I get angry and I let them see me angry. Not taking it out on their mother ever. But I let them see that it's moving through my body. I have them write their feelings down. I talk about being emotionally brave and sensitive and compassionate and kind and caring just as much as I talk about being physically strong. I love that. It's great. It's great advice, by the way. And I can't wait to read the book. Like I'm, you know, I, as I said, I, I'm scared, but I, you know, I, I feel like this is great that you're one of the resources now that, it, you know, you can happen. call me. I, yeah. How about this? You add me to your like 17 person uh, chat. I'd be happy to be a part of it. I love that. <laughs> uh, Aaron, Aaron, I really, I really think that you should practice talking less on these podcasts. My, I just uh, my like dad has been, <laughs> my dad just texted me before we got on listening to this, our the last episode of our podcast. And he goes, why is it Matt 60, 40? And I go, I just, eventually I just give up. Aaron, do you got anything before we jump off? Cause I would love actually to, you've been listening so much and I just want to bring you into this, man. I know I was absorbing. I was absorbing. I was like, well, what, since I'm Matt's like only, uh, remaining single friend and I'll probably be babysitting this kid. You know, I'm just going to try not to undo everything that he's going to be doing during the day, you know, because like when you're the uncle, you get to really spoil them. You do. And you get to play and have fun. But look, one of my best friends is still single. He's 40, still single. And my kids adore him. Comes over and he plays with them. And um, he's on his knees and playing and wrestling with them. And he's he's got all that like single single man of 40 energy that like all of us dads with kids don't have so i appreciate it I, it's amazing when he comes over i look forward to it hey, you got you got a babysitter anytime you want matt anytime for for free for free yeah for free <laughs> before we let you run i mean uh what's what's next for you i know you have your hand in a million million things but you know where can we tell our listeners you know the pod obviously um, uh, what's next for me? You know, I, I look, I started a movie studio called Wayfair Studios where we're financing and producing movies. I'm about to go direct, uh, direct my next film, which I'm very excited about. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a, you know, we do the man of the podcast and, um, which I'm just really grateful for. I'm just grateful these conversations exist before we go. I just want to say, you know, my dad called me just before I, I got on, um, and, uh, and it was a really sweet conversation because I've been really working with my dad a lot and, um, and he's been opening up and being vulnerable in a way that he never was when I was growing up. And he said to me, he's like, you know, son, you're my baby boy. He's like, my God, you're 39. And he said, you know, I didn't realize how fast it went. And he starts talking about how he just... He'll never get that time back. And uh, in the middle of when I heard my dad say that, I said to him, yeah, but you know what, dad? You don't have to get that time back because I'm here right now. And here we are talking about things in a way that we never did before. And I just really want the men out there to know that it's never too late. Despite all the programming, the socialization, all the things that we've been sold, the myths of masculinity, it's not too late to become the human beings, not just the men, that we're destined to be. Thank you, Justin. Really appreciate it, man. Appreciate you guys so much. I love what you said about your dad just now too. Like that's my dad passed away last year. So, you know, I feel oh. like we were just on the cusp of that, like breakthroughs and stuff, you know? 
I would also offer that um, just because he's passed away doesn't mean you can't keep doing that. Oh, right. yeah. No, totally. Totally. Talk to him. I do. Trust me. He'll show up. He's going to show up in big ways, especially around your birth. The birth of your boy. He'll show up. Um, very cool, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I'm excited to listen to the episode and, yeah. and hear some of the reflections. All right. Thanks, Justin. All right. Thanks, thank Justin. You guys. Appreciate, really appreciate it. it. Cheers, okay. guys. That was great. That was amazing. Uh, I will say that is the first time in my entire life that anyone poked fun at me for not talking. Wow. That was, I was like, he was like, wow, Aaron, haven't heard much from you. Go, He's the quiet one, I guess. Wow. Only, only in this circle. Yeah. Yeah. Only, only in this. Only room. with you and Justin Baldoni do I not speak as much. I was listening. I was listening. Um, I really love what he said about the cold plunge of emotions. Yeah, that was good. Which I think if we could summarize, it would be like, if you're feeling something or you want to reach out, just do it. Yeah. Like what I said about texting. Remember we were talking about like, if you're thinking about calling somebody, even if you're going to see them in a week. Right. Do it now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the analogy that like, it's always hardest at the beginning. Yeah. By the way, but cold plunging is hard. Also, not at the beginning. It's also hard when you're in it. Do you, have you cold plunged? So I'm doing what I call a soft plunge. A, you mean a lukewarm plunge? No. So, okay. Tell me what you think. Tell me if you think this is legit. It's not. <sighs> Shower plunge. Oh, that's fine. Cold, ice yeah. cold shower. No, that's good. Okay, because I'm getting mixed messages from people. I think it's the people who have ponied up and like bought the plunges who want to deny me my cold plunge. Who do you know who has a cold plunge in their house? I know people. <sighs> I actually don't know anyone who has that. But on the internet, they say it's almost as good. I get an email newsletter from UCLA Health, like, the, like yeah. my hospital. And literally this week, there was an article about cold plunging. And they said, just shower 30 seconds so the reason I do shower versus my pool, um, which I could do, is you're not supposed to shower after the cold plunge. So like, I don't want to be in my pool water. I don't understand these people who are in their pool water. You're not supposed to shower after that. Like our friend Brian just goes about his day. I think you can shower after. No, you're not supposed to. I, this, this, this UCLA health study basically said there's been no studies. This is what we think. Right. I think such a new pseudo pseudo science. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention about the interview was the concept of the bro hug. Yeah. So Justin was saying that, you know, when guys bro hug, we do a one hand slap then pull each other tight with the other hand. And so that we basically have our hands clasped in between us. Our chests aren't actually touching. And he gave that as an example of guys sort of not being totally vulnerable. I just want to, I just want to respectfully push back a little bit. Okay. And that I love a bro hug. I do too. Uh -huh. But I do think he's right that it probably stems from an inability to just be like, bring it in fully. But isn't a bro hug, I'd argue a bro hug is more intimate than a full hug. Than a hug? Because in a bro hug, you're, you're bare skin to bare skin on the hand. Oh, not the way I do it. I get my hand right around your neck. I bring you in. <laughs> you, the nape, you touch the nape. <laughs> you touch the nape. But no, I'm kidding. I don't I, Honestly, I, I, I do think he's right in the sense that I feel that if you were genuinely wanting to hug and you didn't like feel like it, the bro hug does feel like a you know, so you, if you don't feel safe hugging, bro hug is like a default seen as like cool. Like there's something cool about the bro hug. It's like casual. I don't know. I like think a hug isn't casual. 
Am I wrong? I kind of think a bro hug is more intimate than a regular hug. I'm saying even if that's true, I think it's more casual though, as like a for, like a just a level of maybe it's not even an intimacy thing, but I think it's just it's easier to bro hug. Let me ask you this: Do you think it's okay that men and women hug differently? How well men, I hug men. Yeah, so we, I don't. We, right. we, so you're just saying like I hug men too, but we bro hug. Women right, don't bro hug. Yes, you're saying shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's just the way things kind of evolved. I know. I kind of think that's okay. Are we yeah. not allowed to have a different hug. We are allowed. I mean, look, men and women handshake the same, right? They hug differently, right? Uh, but I think that's also maybe because of like trying to respect a woman's personal space. Well, a bro hug. Well, I guess if you bro hugging, you're on her boobs. No, I think most people don't. Maybe they don't hug women. Huh? Most men don't necessarily even hug women. Oh, I love a good. Maybe maybe they don't. I love I love a good. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. careful! What a hug? Whoa. You can't hug now. You yeah. can't hug a consensual yeah, a consensual I I, hug. I, I think hugs well, are first. Out. I say, may I hug you? Oh, you do. You do the ask, and then while you're hugging, you go. Is it okay? I'm still hugging. <laughs> <laughs> Is it okay? I'm still hugging. Listen. Is it okay? I'm still hugging. As you linger. Yeah. No, I think we're getting off track here. So, I mean, yes, I think men and women sometimes interact differently. I don't think there are any hard and fast rules about right. it. I think when it comes to the bro hug, that's like a very, you know, it's a, it's a bro hug. It's not for women. It's bro No, hug. but I'm saying if you bro hug your bros, that's okay. Yeah. I don't want to tell people don't bro hug. Yes. I think do whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. But I'm saying if guys are bro hugging, that's fine. No, sh no bro hug shaming. Yeah. Okay. I'm with wow. you. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. I turn, usually you turn me around. I yeah, turn you around. I'm with you. I think you just gave up because you don't want to talk about bro hugging anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I, I just think, you know, I don't want people to feel like insecure about something that they're doing that's affectionate. I like to touch dicks. Yeah, yeah that's the best. <laughs> that's the safest way to know that you're not crossing a line. Because if your dick is out, yeah. my dick is out, yeah. and they're touching, yeah. there's no sexual harassment. Well, here. I didn't say, I didn't, I didn't say, I didn't say it was out. I just meant touch. Oh, bump, you mean crotch? Oh, I thought you meant uncloth. <laughs> Unsheath. 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 You know that? Well, that's. I mean, this is gonna get caught. But you know what's called when you when you touch your dickheads together, right? You have no idea. You know Snake eye. No. What you, we should keep this in. You touch your dickheads together, and you put your. <laughs> I just you, like the term dickhead. You, <laughs> you touch your dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put your foreskin over the other guys. Well, you have to have extra foreskin to do this. If you're circumcised, you really have to like no, no, no. squeeze all your skin. <laughs> but if you touch your, if you if you are uncircumcised and you put your hood of your penis on the other person's uh, knighthood, you don't know what that's called. Knighthood. It's called docking. Oh, uh, <laughs> have you ever heard of that? Why do I know that? How many times have you docked, oh, Cairo? No. I, I'm, I am circumcised. I've never, right. I, I can't dock. Right, I but I can receive a dock. I thought it was called knighthood. Where you, like, the, where you, where put, you put the, like the brotherhood or like, yeah, you know, like, like a that. monk. <laughs> My mom listens to this podcast. There's a pretty uh, incredible interstellar docking scene. We could load, load up the score. Oh, make God. It so what did we learn today? So I think the lone wolf myth that he talked about is a really good takeaway. We all... Uh, not always, but at times feel like we're alone. We've been taught like a man's got to go out and, you know, do his thing and, and crush it. Yeah. We need I, people. I love the title of his, of his first book, Undefining My Masculinity, because that's, I think, what we're talking about here, which is like, you don't have to, like, we don't have to do it alone. It's so Dumb. lame. 
Yeah. Still so outdated. Bottle it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah bot- I, I bottled it all up for 40 years. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Now, now you're. Now I'm letting it all go. Now I know. I'm crying to you every. We, we've. Uh, I'm weeping. I think um, what's called overcorrection. Overcorrection. I'm over market overcorrection. Um, we talked about modeling vulnerability. That's another big one. And that you should. It's really a version of, of um, do unto others. Is it? Like when people are vulnerable to you. Yeah, I mean, act how you want. I, I think I think modeling behaviors for your friends, for your kids, is when you start putting that out there, you get. What, I think what you're saying is when you put it out there, that's what you get back. Right. So if you start modeling more vulnerability out there, look, it's hard. That's why he said take that cold plunge. Like the hardest part is just doing it. Right. The hardest part is texting your friend, like, "Hey, man, I'm having a tough time." You know. Can I call you or, you know, yeah. just that, that Do whole... it. You got to take the plunge. Yeah. You know what we also learned? We learned what docking is. Yeah. I wish I could unlearn that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also want to mention guys, do you have a friend that you want us to shout out? Like, do you have someone that's either accomplished something great or going through something? Hit us up and we will shout them out on the podcast. Uh, that's our show. You can find us on socials at at man of the year podcast. Be good to yourself. It gets your friends. Love Love you, buddy. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.